Hi, I'm Cameron. And I'm Dominique. We both work for Starting Right Now, also known as SRN. A lot of times, homeless youth are spoken for. Often, people assume what homeless youth would need, and I want homeless youth to be able to speak for themselves. We're getting ready to blow up the best kept secret. Beautiful, unaccompanied youth. On this episode of Raising Me, we're talking with Asia. So it's just emotional because like just talking about it and knowing like there's other kids out there like that are going through what I went through and like they're afraid to ask for help. It may have hurt, but it made me who I am today. Now through trials and tribulations I still celebrate. Cause I'm starting right now. I'm starting right now. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about how how we all came together? Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you do you know when you joined us, Erin? Uh, November 20th, 2017. I knew you were going to know the date. Wow! Yeah. And why is that an important date to know? Because that date was probably the day that my life changed forever. Mm. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Do you remember that day? Anything? Yeah, I remember it like the back of my hand. I remember I was at school. I had a basketball game and I was going to get picked up um, by a cab and the cab picked me up and I fell asleep in the back of the cab because I thought the drive was forever. So then I showed up at the house. I was on some crutches because I uh, hurt my Achilles mm-hmm. and I crutched my way into the like the house and like everybody, <laughs> was, yeah, every, everybody was like staring at me and they were like, who is this girl? I was like, hey, I'm new. I sat down on the couch and everyone was like, let me help you with your stuff. Like, here's your room and all this other stuff. And I just felt like, I don't know, just walking in, I just felt like it was home. Instantly. Yes. That's beautiful. And what were your thoughts like when you're being picked up by this random cab? I was like, where is he taking me? (laughs) I was like, am I even going home? I was like, you didn't pick her up. Usually you pick her up. Long story short, well, not really, but um, she showed up at my school that same, was it the, I believe it was the same day. It was the same day. It was the same day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So November 20th, 2017, she showed up. 12 (laughs) o'clock. It was around that time, early morning. Um, I like didn't have class yet so I showed up and me and her sat and we talked and at first she was just telling me all the rules and telling me like what I had to do and she put pulled out the contract and was like okay you have to sign it blah 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 I told her I can't do it and I told her no oh. and so she ended up leaving and I went mm. back to my coach crutching my way back to her room I told her she was like did you sign it and I said no I couldn't do it like I was too scared I would was I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. so she like kind of like gave me like this big talk and a bunch of other people like some of my teammates came in and they were like why didn't you sign it why didn't you sign it? I was like I was too scared so they were like you need this this is going to be good for you if you want to play basketball you can't stay with us and you have to um just sign the contract so they ended up making me call Dominique back and I told Dominique, can you please come back? Like, I'm ready to sign it. I know I need this. Can you please come back? She was like, yes. So she came back and I signed the contract, but I had a game that night. So that's why she didn't take me home that day because I wanted to stay for the game. So she was like, well, we're, uh, we will arrange a cab for you after your game. So then you can come to the house after it's done. So how was the game must have been pretty nerve wracking. You're like, I wasn't playing because uh, I was on crutches. Oh, but I so mean, I, still you're there just thinking about what's impending. Yeah, I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to this new place after this game. I don't know mm-hmm. what to think. Like I'm getting picked up. Well, I'm here's scared. the thing is that, yeah, I'm always impressed by the fact that students entering the program are taking a big risk. Mm -hmm. Now, leap is a better word, because from our end, it's not a risk, but I would understand how you're going into a a new place with new people. I mean, you're literally getting into a cab, going 
to a place you've been told Mm -hmm. where it is, but you don't really know. Also, there's a whole contract that you're agreeing to rules, which as far as I know, you have not had many rules. I mean, most of the kids describe it being like all these new rules that they'd never have had before, which is all to say that, yeah, I could understand how you would be Mm -hmm. torn about it. Yeah. Asia was so torn. (laughs) I was so torn. (laughs) Now we laugh about it. But at the time, it was really hard for her. I remember the contract is like 15 pages long. And we're reading it line by line and elaborating anywhere necessary. And the entire time, she's just crying. Um, and like a baby, yeah, of like sobbing. I mean, I'm sure it's a mix of nervous. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it I also really... represents something, mm-hmm. a mix of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it makes but me there think was that you have more good friends. To it though, do you think? Do you look back at those people that were like, you need to do it, and think that those were good friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I did, and I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Right, and um, you were staying with someone in your school, right? Because mm-hmm. that like, person told you, yeah. Something I've learned with being with doing work at starting right now is that. Sometimes being loving is not the same thing as being nice and saying things that are hard to say or sometimes mm-hmm. loving. Really, you had a big influence by someone in your school that you were staying with who mm-hmm. was like, this isn't an actual option for you. Yeah. Stay in there. Yeah. Okay, so I want to hear more about when you entered Starting Right Now, but I think we should talk about why you were in Starting Right Now first. So where were you? You kind of explained it briefly, but where were you staying at the time where you were signing this contract? Uh, at the time, I was staying at my coach's house. Because you were playing basketball at yeah. high school. Yes. How come you weren't with family? Uh, My family was like pretty much all over the place. My mother was all the way in uh, Indiana. I don't really remember like everything, like what was going on with my dad during that time, but Mm -hmm. like he was just in and out of like uh, people's houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I had originally asked a relative if I could stay with them and they thought it wouldn't be the best thing for me to stay with them. Mm -hmm. So then I was just everywhere. And why was your mom not with you? Or why were you not with your mom, I guess? My mom uh, used to be in Florida, but then um, she felt like my she needed to be with my grandpa because he was getting, like, really sick. And, mm. like, she felt like she could get better off on her feet in Indiana. So she left. And so where you were you? S- here. But well, when you she- said you were staying in multiple places before you got to your coach. Mm-hmm. Were you staying in multiple places with your dad? No. Were you just staying with friends? I was just staying with friends or by myself or outside. And so when your mom is leaving to go to Indiana to care for your grandfather. Mm -hmm. She is leaving you just to fend for yourself, like knowing that you will have to deal with whatever? I was in 18 at the time, so I didn't really have a choice, and my dad had custody of me, so I couldn't really choose to go with her because he was, like, fighting it, Ah. and he was telling us, no, you can't go with your mom. You have to stay with me. So you would have rather gone with your mom? Yes. I'm sorry. I just don't want to overlook something. You said you were staying with friends and staying outside. Yeah. There was times where, um, cause I had a, a girlfriend at the time mm. and she would kick me out. So I didn't have nowhere to go and it would be like really late at night. So I'd stay like outside in the working workout gym or I would stay like outside of her door, like in her apartment complex and stuff like that. At the gym at school? No, it was the gym in her complex. Ah, and she, she didn't know that or she did? She did. So you were totally relying on other people basically. Yes. And I also want to not gloss over the fact that I want to ask this gingerly, but like, like I've heard many stories being at SRN where parents have had to make tough decisions and then students or their children kind of get left behind. And I want to address the fact that someone listening might not understand why your mom is leaving you. Mm -hmm. Is there an explanation for that? Well, I mean, though, I guess the only explanation, because she originally had asked if I wanted to go with her, and I did, but again, because my dad had custody, and I was only, I think, about, like, 17, 16, when all this was going on, like, it wasn't an option for me to go with her, because, like, she had, um, when she first originally moved down to Florida, she got arrested, and she was in jail, and so, um, like, she just felt like if she stayed here, she would just keep getting in more trouble and stuff. So mm-hmm. she ended up leaving. But then all her charges that put her in jail were dropped. 
Okay. So potentially for two years or a year and a half, you were transitioning between different homes, whether it's your girlfriend or everywhere else, mm -hmm. before for that you long? got to a mm -hmm. coach. My God, you're so tough. Yeah. It was like all, I was all over the place. Like I, I would walk everywhere, like my friend's houses. Like I would walk, I used to walk home from school. I used to skip school sometimes because of where I was, because I went to the school all the way out in like by Leto. Well, it was Leto. And then I was all the way out by Spoto. So, so I would have to get up early. two hours to school. Yeah. What time does school start? Well, originally, like, because I got my classes changed around because I was walking. Mm -hmm. um, I had my first class started at about, I think, like, nine something. My class started during third period, I want to say. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a first or a second. And that was my time that I used to walk to school until I got a bike and then ride my bike to school. So people knew that you were homeless then because they adjusted your schedule? Basically. I just, I didn't really exactly say those words. All I said was like, yeah, I walk to school and I live all the way over here. And mm -hmm. so I walk. I had all my credits at the time of my senior year. Mm -hmm. So they said, well, since you have all your credits, like there's no reason to give you a full schedule if you're doing all of this to get here. That makes no sense to me. I'm like, <laughs> because why wouldn't they address Somebody the asked, fact? Why are you walking two hours? Yeah, let's address the cool. fact that you're walking an hour first. Yeah, I don't think he, like my advisor ever asked why I was walking. I just kind of told him like, yeah, I walk to school. I ride my bike to school, but I live all the way over here. And so you were just like, I don't, I have all my credits. It takes me a while to get here. So it'd be better for me if I started later. He was mm -hmm. like, sure, sounds great. Yeah. So then how do you get from walking to school two hours a day to staying in a coach's house? She figured, like, because uh, me and her ended up getting really close, like, as I started playing. Mm -hmm. And so um, one day... Are you day, going to basketball while all this is going on? Yeah. How are you managing that? I mean, I think it was six period. After my six period class would end, I would be done with the day. So it would be two periods left. When, like, I finally got into basketball, which was, like, a week after I started school, um, I started just sitting in my coach's room until practice started. Then I would go to practice. And then, like, either somebody would ask, do you need a ride home? Or do you, like, got everything or whatever? And then and I would just knew? be like... I wouldn't exactly tell them, like, because yeah. I was, like, scared to tell them. Yeah. So at first, nobody knew. Like, I would just get my bike and ride home in the dark. Mm -hmm. And then my coach was like, oh, you ride your bike home? And I'm like, yeah. So then she started taking me home. Then one day, like, she knew, like, me and my girlfriend at the time were going through, like, a bunch of hard times. So one day she was like, I had called her the night before at, like, 12 o'clock, no, like, 2 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and telling her, like, I was upset or whatever. And she told me, like, hey, I'm going to come pick you up in the morning. We're going to go to Ikea and we're going to do this and this. And you can come over to my house and do all of this. So I said, okay. This is your coach. Coach. Yes. Yeah. And when she picked me up, I was inside of the gym and I had spent the night in the gym that night and she found mm. out. And so then she was like, she took me to her house, got me like underwear and got me like clean clothes, let me shower mm. and take a nap in a bed and stuff. And then she figured it out and she was like, why don't you just start staying with us? What a wonderful person. That yeah. Is, first of all, the fact that she answered the phone at 2 a.m. Yeah. You're in crisis. That could easily been something. I don't know this number or if she has your number saved, mm -hmm. I'm just going to wait until tomorrow morning. But then she took the next step to figuring out how I'm going to make you okay for today. Yeah. And that's long amazing. term, you yeah. stayed with her for how long? I want to say about a month and a half or so. That's very generous. But she helped connect you with your social worker, correct? Yes. And then okay. my social worker helped me con helped connect me to SRN. My God, what a wonderful woman. I yeah. love her. Mm -hmm. Do you keep in touch with her? No, because I, I never had her number, but I talked to my coach here and there. You keep in touch with your coach? Oh, I was asking coach. about the coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Social yeah. Worker, yeah. I was yeah. supposed to go over her house a while ago, but uh, life gets busy. Yeah. <laughs> You're a busy <laughs> so coach. So important yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, so in the time when you are, I can't think of the right word, but you're couch hopping and displaced mm -hmm. in random places, what are you doing for food? 
Well, was that an issue? Yes, because um, th- this also dates back to Spoto. The year before I started my senior year, I went through like really bad of like everything, like of self-esteem, like depression, anxiety, all of that. So I stopped eating like out of nowhere. Like I just wasn't hungry anymore and yeah. all this. Well, so I got. Do you know why that is? Sorry, cut you off. It was just everything that was going on with me and my girlfriend and then my dad with him, like not having nowhere for me to actually lay down at or anything like that. So I was stuck depending on this girl who didn't really want to be with me at the time. I knew I was not mentally okay Mm. because of everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. So then like when I started school, like I was really skinny. Like you could see my ribs and like my arms were like really, really skinny. My face, like you could see my cheekbones and everything. And my coach knew like, why are you so skinny? Mm Because she's seen me play before at previous high schools Mm -hmm. because she was the coach the year before or whatever. So she knew how much I weighed and like what I looked like. So then like I would go into her class because she was a cooking teacher. So she would have food. So she would tell me, here, eat this. You need to eat this. She would bring me food like most of the days or whatever. And like because she had kids that went to the school as well. So like she would bring me lunch as well as them. And then she would tell me, like, here, you need to eat this. Like, I need you to gain weight. So what I hear you saying is someone acknowledged that there were these changes to you, Mm -hmm. not knowing why you had these changes, but there was these changes without you ever explicitly saying something's going on at school. Yes. What was that like, somebody reaching out to help you? Honestly, like, the fact that she knew what was wrong, but and I didn't have to really say anything. Like, I was, like, kind of embarrassed, but at the same time, I felt like without her, I wouldn't be, like, where I obviously I am today. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she helped me a lot through, like, most of my life, like, through that hard times. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like without her, without her, like, giving me the food that I needed or giving me shelter when I needed it at that time or, like, helping me reach out to find you guys I don't think I would have been where I was at. I don't even know if, like, honestly, if I would be alive. Yes, for good educators. Shout out. So on the weekends, like, when I would be with her, she would take care of me. She would give me food or whatever. But if it was the weekends, like... But that I w- was the last month of your whole month and a half, right? Of the whole of thing? Of your year experience. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what happened on the her? other weekends when she wasn't around? That's the times I wouldn't eat. And, like, I would, like, knock on the, my uh, girlfriend's door and I'd be like, can I please come in? Please, please. She would just be like, no, whatever. So then either I would have, like, a couple dollars on me or something. So I would, like, go somewhere close by and, like, try to get something to eat. So your first meal could have been at school. Yeah. I've had students tell me that before they entered starting right now, they dreaded weekends and holidays because their only source of food was at school. Mm-hmm. They would go to school for free breakfast and lunch. Like summer was the longest time, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's when that whole gap was of me not that's when it all started of me not having nowhere to go and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So like that's why I got so skinny, because like I would go like probably the entire week without eating. Wow. Yeah. That literally almost just made me sick. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say that I'm sorry. Like this needs to be acknowledged. I'm sorry you had to go through all that. And I'm extremely grateful that you're in starting right now. Mm -hmm. I am too. Yeah. (laughs) So thankfully, someone intervened your coach Mm -hmm. after you were entering. Was there something someone could have done earlier like was one of the reasons we're doing the podcast is because we want people to be able to identify when someone is dealing with circumstances beyond their control and Mm -hmm. hopefully refer them to the right to the correct resources whether that's starting right now or a different program and so were there ways that someone could have identified what you're going through or given you help that that didn't come soon enough that's kind of a tough one because like when all this was going on I was kind of keeping to myself I was pushing like my mom away and my sisters away and Mm -hmm. like I wasn't like me and my dad weren't really like on the same page about anything or whatever my dad's ex-girlfriend at the time she knew like something wasn't okay with me but every time she would try to help me I would like deny her I would be like no like I don't want help I don't want no one's help like I just want to be alone 
So, I mean, I guess it was like partially my fault, like of people trying to reach out to me and I was like just denying it. But at, like there's like cer- certain parts, like if my dad had somewhere to stay, then that would have been different too. I guess in my mind, I when think that there's no, yeah, definitely not. There's like these safe people you can talk to in school. Right. And so I get that it was um, maybe shameful to share with a friend or even with the teacher. How come it didn't feel safe to speak with someone else? I guess just like everything in my head, like um, I usually I'm not like I don't like trusting people like off the bat and I don't like opening up to people Mm -hmm. and I don't like telling them like, oh, like I need help or whatever. Like at first, like this was like before uh, starting right now. Right. Because now you actually help every other day. (laughs) (laughs) So like um, I just never like told anybody like, hey, like I need help. Like I'm I have nowhere to go. Like I have nothing to eat. Can you please help me? Okay, I never really did that because, uh, like, everything of what I've been through in my life, I just figured, like, don't trust anybody, don't ask anybody for help. Like, no one wants to help you. What a remarkable journey to experience all alone at 16. You're getting emotional right now, which is very beautiful. It's one of the reasons I like you because you're a very open person. Honest. Mm-hmm. But I want to, is there, is there a specific reason you're getting emotional? Just because, like, everything that I've been through since I was a kid to, like, right now, I look back on it and I'm like, I'm not that same person that I was like I'm like in college and I'm getting my degree mm-hmm. and like I have all these <laughs> I have like all these amazing people around me like Miss Vicky she's like literally like my mom figure mm-hmm. since my mom is not here and it's like just having everyone and like the resources that I have now and like being able to look back and knowing like that all that is what made me strong and what made me who I am today so it's just emotional because like just talking about it and knowing like there's other kids out there like that are going through what I went through and like they're afraid to ask for help. One of the motivations for this podcast is to talk about these stories so people can identify them so that people can get the right help they need. And with both people, we've asked about what could be done to like identify people better. You and the person we previously interviewed said, I don't really know what could be done, mm-hmm. which I don't know. It's just, what do you think about that? Well, it... it. I don't like to think like that because mm-hmm. I'm a hopeful well, person. Well, that's why I asked the question about, like, how come Asia was maybe afraid to speak up Are to somebody okay else? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we've only interviewed p- two people. It's not everyone, but, mm-hmm. like... Well, I think I've been thinking of it like, people aren't going out to help these kids. But maybe you are taking the extra step to I guess hide. what is important... Because what she oh, said... Me that she was going to school late every day and what they did was adjust her schedule mm-hmm. instead of saying hey, well why? why are you late every day mm-hmm. and, and the other thing that I'm not realizing sitting here as I'm talking through this is that what needs to be done and hopefully the podcast will facilitate this is that the shame associated with your situation needs to be removed because it was not a product of anything you did. Correct. It was circumstances beyond your control. I mean, you're a 15, how old were you? 16, 17. Yeah, you're a 16-year-old kid who's just dealing with um, stuff that you have nothing to do with. Um, And so asking for help should be something that is normalized. Yeah, I agree because, again, I can see how it's maybe embarrassing to share with friends. I totally understand that. But there definitely should be something within the adults that are present in your life, mm-hmm. of I feel safe going to ask for help for whatever it is. Maybe it's food or a safe place or whatever's going on. And like the 
the issue that I want to communicate very clearly is that a well, lot of communicated the, then. <laughs> well, I keep saying it, but I, it's worth repeating, so I'm going to. Is that a lot of these are systemic issues mm-hmm. um, that you spoke about how your mom was dealing with arrests, which was the reason it contributed to the reason she was gone or she was in a different state. Your dad was dealing with custody issues and his own displacement and his own displacement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, once again, these are not things that are have anything to do with your behavior or your fault. And so... And they end up being the burden carriers. Right. And so asking for help should not be a bad thing. But I guess, in general, we need to be a more compassionate... More intentional. Yeah. Um, okay. Because that happened with your coach, though. She was intentional. She mm-hmm. saw that there were these changes to you. Yeah. And she stepped in, maybe not asking specifically, but solely doing things to build your trust in that eventually you felt safe coming forward. Well, that's the other thing is that you said that so many people had proven to you that you can't rely on people, Mm -hmm. right? And she was doing the opposite, slowly Mm -hmm. and carefully with food and attention. It's like she knew, like, that she had to go slow so I could see, like, that she was reliable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So giving it time. Yeah. Because you may just not come out and say... Hey, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Did you ever tell her your story? I guess you did. Eventually, like after, um, before I like got into starting right now, um, she eventually was asking me, what's going on? Why are you sleeping here? Why are you always here? What? Why is this and that? And then one day we sat down and we just had a full conversation and I told her. And you felt comfortable telling her because she Yeah, I didn't feel pressured. I just felt like it was right to tell her. Well, luckily, you're... This coach had the wherewithal to invest in your well-being and ask mm-hmm. about your story mm-hmm. and then direct you to starting right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should talk about starting right now. Definitely. So you said when you first arrived that you got there and it felt like home. Mm-hmm. So what you said at the beginning of this interview, what made it feel like home? Like there was just a bunch of other kids and like knowing that the kids, like they didn't have to tell me, but I like in me, I felt like they were basically the same person like me. Like they went through a hard time. That's why they're here. So I don't have to feel embarrassed. I don't have to feel alone because mm. at the end of the day, we're all basically the same. Yeah, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the activities that SRN has you do? Uh, Dale Carnegie, which I really like that one. How would you describe what that is? I don't even know how to describe it, but it, I don't know. I really loved it. because. But why it's did like, you like it so much? Because I like public speaking. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of speaking. You know I like to talk. So <laughs> like, that's what we did. And then we did activities in within the Dale Carnegie, and I really liked it. But every day of Dale Carnegie wasn't all fun. There were some serious moments. I wouldn't say necessarily that it was all fun, but mm-hmm. I would say even those serious moments were not, I'm not going to say fun, but fun. Mm-hmm. Like Why is that? Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, it wasn't fun, but it was, like, enjoyable, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I got to learn about my, like, other, like, around, I got to learn about my peers. I got mm-hmm. to share a part of me, like, that I never told anyone. Mm-hmm. I got to just open up, and I felt like I was, like, ripping Band-Aids off of me. Mm-hmm. And like, What was that like with that Band-Aid falling off or ripping off? I felt like I could fly. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like everything that was weighing me down was no longer doing that. And that was, you share that amongst a group of your starting right now peers. Mm-hmm. Revealing yes. is healing. Yes, very. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing I love about Dale Carnegie every year, the, that class we do, is that it teaches you how to tell your story, how to be the narrator of your own life. Mm-hmm. And you get to share your story with your peers and you realize that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Although you all have very particular circumstances, mm-hmm. you share a lot of things in common. And you get to release yourself of the burden of feeling like you're alone. Yes. I felt like just like that day, 
like when we shared those serious uh, stories or whatever, mm -hmm. and then the retreat, like I felt like that was all, like that's what brought us all closer. Do you want to talk about your retreat experience? Because it was happened. awesome. I know I came there late and I didn't like bugs and that there was a roach on my bunk. Oh but, lord! I mean, it's not even real camping. It's I know. like so light camping. Yeah, but should I mean, we describe a little bit? Like the retreat is three days. We go off in the middle of the woods. We're staying shower. in these screened porches. <laughs> I did not. I don't know because I missed the first day remember because mm -hmm. of the basketball game but mm -hmm. I came there like really late and then I came in but I mean the next the couple of days like that was left I mean I felt like it was pretty fun I besides. will never forget you playing volleyball yes that was a great time <laughs> and the joy on your face <laughs> yeah I loved it yeah were you winning I'm pretty sure I was on yeah I was on his team so we okay, won okay I was gonna say she's very competitive so yeah, if she was smiling she lost. must have been winning <laughs> if I would lost I wouldn't be she talking about it <laughs> yeah I wouldn't be talking um, about it one of the moments I remember from the retreat the year you were on it is at the very end, you talked about how grateful you were mm -hmm. to the staff because we were participating in a way that made everyone feel like equals. I thought that was a really, a really insightful observation on your part because we do that on purpose. Like we are very mindful about being participatory and treating everyone like equals. So if you're up there on the rope course being scared, we're all on the ropes course mm -hmm. being scared. And if you're having to share your story and your feelings and your vulnerabilities, we're going to do it too, which only creates a space in which everyone feels more comfortable to do that, mm -hmm. which starts at the retreat and hopefully endures outside of the retreat. You said something during the retreat that has really honestly never left me. You talked about your trust issues. You stood up in the whole group that we have. And you're sharing that you had trust issues before the one of the first times in your life you felt like you had family. And that was outside of the staff. That was with the other 25 students that was there. I mean, you really brought life and joy to our family, to our group. And you so, specifically, Asia. Right. Asia, the person, <laughs> which I think speaks to your story that you're sharing Despite the obstacles you were enduring, you always managed to get up and keep going. Yeah, I try. No, you did. You mm -hmm. did. It yeah. was very emotional. That was the one time, like, everyone, like, including the staff, felt like, I just felt like, yeah, this is family. Because mm -hmm. we're all crying. And, like, I don't know. Even Miss Vicky was crying. <laughs> so. Every time I get to the end of the retreat, I feel I'm crying because I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's so much joy that I'm just cannot control my tears. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, every year I'm like, I'm not going to cry on the last day. I'm going to sit there and smile day. and support everyone else. And then the first student parts their lips, or actually Ms. Vicky usually reads the guided imagery, and that's it. Um, I forget well, all Also, every <laughs> year someone gets up and talks about how much they appreciate you specifically. Well, the whole group. But, but every year someone talks about how much they appreciate Dominique because you're present in a way that is just above and beyond, and that is what makes me emotional. Seriously. I'm pretty sure I did about talking about how you came back for me. Well, I only can be present because Cam is... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, do you want to talk about the other students in the program? I mean, some of them are, like, my siblings, like, for real. Like, I love all of them. Like, my class... Not your actual blood siblings. I mean, we could be, but... <laughs> <laughs> and did you feel that way when you first walked in? I wouldn't say that, but after, like, getting to know them all, each and, like, individually, and, like, learning about them and, like, their personalities and stuff, I felt like then... Like, but that was all within the first month. Not even going to lie to you. What is it like living in the house? Because is it That's like 12, 12 strangers that meet in the real world? <laughs> you, know? you know, it's like a reality TV show because you're always being watched. So now I'm kidding. But um, I don't know really how to explain it. I mean, it's like living in a dorm, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. That's what it's exactly like. 
Like when I went to school, I felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Like it's like living in a dorm. You got a roommate, you're in a dorm. Mm-hmm. Keep your room clean. Don't touch other people's stuff. So you, you are held accountable to certain things. You have yeah. responsibilities in the house. Mm-hmm. You got to clean up after yourself. You got to clean your room, make your bed every day. I mean, I don't do that in college, but like <laughs> at uh, starting right now, like, yeah, you got to keep yourself clean. And I guess that's what it helped me. That helped me get ready for college. Mm-hmm. Would you say that there's this responsibility to be kind to the people around you? Yeah. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And I, there's just like, and some people know that, some people don't, but mm-hmm. we all know that. And you guys help hold each other account- accountable for that, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a number of times you've stepped in and had to tell people. I had to tell them, yo, calm down. We're all going to get in trouble. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Please, because I don't want a bad record here. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you just got to like, if you see someone like in there who, you lo- who looks like they're going to be on the wrong path or whatever, you just got to kind of like help them to- as best as you can. Because, you know, like basically they're in the same predicament as you. If they leave the house, they, got- they don't have nowhere else to go. So they just got to act like an adult that they are. So maybe despite how you feel about someone living under this roof, you guys are actually helping each other get to your goals. Yes. I would say that. I'm going to ask you something that has, kind of has an obvious answer, but I want to hear it, it in your words. Okay. How did it feel to know that you knew where you were going to have food? What a great question. You know, that, it just made me, like, the first night that I slept there and I was able to wake yeah, up the next day. What about the, the bed? Day, I just felt, like, at peace. I felt like I mm. didn't have to struggle to wake up and worry about, like, a mosquito biting me or, like, ants crawling on me or anything like that. Or worry about somebody waking me up and telling me, hey, you got to go or anything like that. Like, it's simple. Like, you're in your own bed. You sleep. You get up. And then you got food in the kitchen that you can make for yourself. Knowing, like, I had all of that made me sleep better at night. It really did. Yeah, believe it. Yeah. And so I mean, then... your immediate problems were vanished. Mm-hmm. All I had to worry about was getting up and going well, to school. As far as the basic necessities. Right. The not having a place to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then my next question is, like, how does that impact the rest of the things going on, going on in your life? Like, school. I mean... Or even basketball. Like, I felt like with, with basketball, I didn't have to worry about, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to play or anything because I'm staying here or I'm staying there. Like, how am I going to be able to, like, uh, get shoes or do this or anything like that? Even with being, like, um, without a place to stay or anything to eat, I still would try to go to school every day and, like, get do the best I could. Like, I wouldn't, like, let anything in my life, regardless of what was happening, dictate mm. my school or my grades. Why is that? I, I guess I just use, like, everything, and I just know, like, the one thing, like, that I can control is school. Mm-hmm. So if I get up and I go to school, I know, like, I can get good grades, and I don't have to let what's happening outside of school, ha- like, change what I can do inside of school. That's very there impressive. There is so much power in school. Yeah, there is. Like, now you're the second person about school being this safe haven. Mm -hmm. And that the outside problems, they exist, but they don't exist in this world. What's interesting because the thing that both students have described about school is that you feel empowered there. Mm -hmm. Because it's like you can control your schoolwork, your grades, and what you do, how you study, and all that other stuff. Like, I feel like that's the one place, like, that's why I would always get, like, A's and B's my entire school years, because I just felt like that's the one thing I can control, and I should never let, like, yeah, I would sometimes go to school upset, and I'll be crying or whatever because of what's going on, but at the end of the day, like, if I got homework, I need to make sure that it's done. I wouldn't use, like, hey, by the way, I couldn't do my homework because I didn't have this or that. Like, I'd try to do my I homework. Because I literally didn't have food or anything. Yeah, to mm-hmm. I would try to do my homework in the class Damn. after in the beginning, you talked about relying on this girlfriend, mm-hmm. whether it was toxic or not, because you needed a place to sleep and food however you can get it. Once you moved into our housing facility, did you stay with her? Did you realize, you know, what happened? 
You know, that's crazy you ask because the first day that I moved in, so November 20th, 2017. <laughs> um, <Eight p. laughs> um, as soon as I walked in and sat down on the couch, I immediately blocked her. What? I don't know why. And My I face t- right now. I tell everybody that I deleted her. I deleted every Wait, picture. Wait, I really didn't know that. You're yes, kidding. I'm, no, I'm so serious. The minute I walked in and sat down, put my crutches down and everything... I blocked her number. I stopped texting her. I deleted all of our pictures off of social media and that was done. And I haven't spoke to her since because I felt like walking into the the house and sitting down right that that given moment. I don't know what I don't know if it was like the Holy Ghost or something (laughs) like it. Something told me be done with her. And I was. And that was that. It was that same day. It wasn't a week later. It wasn't two days, two hours. It was right as soon as I sat on that couch, right close to the kitchen. So you knew you were staying there starting right now. Yes. And I, wow. I know we already kind of talked about this, but because you had like gotten to the contract signing and then decided not to do it and then people told you to do it. So like it was a back and forth and mm-hmm. decided. And so when you finally got to the house and you're calling it home and people are helping you with your bags and you're immediately like, my girlfriend needs to get out of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about the thought of like almost not signing? If I didn't, if I didn't sign it, I would have probably regretted it for the rest of my life because I guess it's we like, never known. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, I never... It's like, just crazy. Yeah. I just, I just felt like I at least needed to try it. And even with trying it, it first walking in, like, I knew that's where I needed well, to be. Well, that's the interesting thing about starting right now is that it is voluntary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can be there. The we goal have, is that you will remain until high school graduation at least. And beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we are investing in you in a real way and so we have a genuine relationship that lasts forever Mm -hmm. correct there are students that have been in the program for a decade and longer um but the thing is is that it you're not sentenced to it at all it's all voluntary Mm -hmm. so you choose to come here yeah so if you Mm -hmm. don't and we have very strict rules um and expectations all with love and kindness but yeah it's like if it doesn't work for you that's totally fine people have decided to not continue which has been very sad but Mm -hmm. i understand Mm -hmm. yeah is that weird that it's like you're empowered in that way to make that decision? To like decide if I want to stay or go? Yeah, it's like you voluntarily are the one that are coming in the first place and no one is forcing you to stay if it doesn't, if it's, if not, it's not what not you right want. right for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This might sound, sound kind of like selfish or something, but like I feel like the program, if you're in that predicament like me, is right for anybody. I feel like the ones who leave or whatever are just people who don't want to follow rules. Mm-hmm. Do you know Why what is I mean? That selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I don't, I guess it's really not selfish, but it might be kind of mean or whatever, but I just feel like those who left are just not giving, like, want to give their self a chance at mm. what you guys can provide for them. That is very insightful, because it was about giving themselves a chance. Yeah. Not about the organization, no. but their, their own chance. Because, like, not, like, you know, like, at the beginning, like, I was very, like, oh, my gosh, I don't even want to do this, like, mm-hmm. this, that, and that. But, like, after staying, like, I'm in college right now. I'm doing what I want to do. And it's like it without. And you're still in the program. Yes, mm-hmm. and without you guys, I probably wouldn't be there. And are you paying for college? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yes. St. Leo's is a private institution. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's well deserved. Uh, yes. Yeah. It but was definitely earned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have like an early or notable memory with my mom? I got a couple of them. I mean, we used to butt heads like this. <laughs> I remember one time I came in and I told her, I am not going to this class because I have this, this. And she was like, you're not going to tell me what you're not going to do. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so she ended up working it out. I ended up being able to do that. But like, Imagine we butt, that. yeah, we ended up, we butted heads a lot at the beginning. But now like I love her. Like, and I, I don't ever want her to leave my life. Why is that though? <sighs> I don't know how to explain it. It's Miss Vicky. Like, she's just I know, but I'm wondering, her. like, 
why, if it's someone you butted heads with so frequently as you're describing, why would it be someone you love? Because at the end of the day, like looking at the bigger picture, she was there to help me. She mm-hmm. wasn't there to see me fall. She was there to pick me up in case I fell. Was that a relief in some way, though? To have like, rules? Rules and having someone help you make decisions for your future. I mean, yeah, because like growing up the way I did, I had to grow up at a young age mm-hmm. at around like 16. Like I had to grow up. Like I remember when, um, like back to when my mom moved down here, I was the one who bailed her out of jail. Mm-hmm. So like I, I. When you were 16? Yes. You bailed your mother. Yes. Out of jail. Yes. On your own. Yes. As far as paying for you it? You went yes. to the bail's bondsman. Yes. By yourself. Yes. And you know uh, yes. where to find them. I just, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't you. even figure out 27-year-old topic where Yes, go. and me and my girlfriend at the time went and picked her up from wow. jail. And that, that memory sticks with me because that's how I know, like, I'm out here taking care of my mother. Like, I'm the mother. Mm. And I'm a kid. I wasn't even 18 yet. Mm-hmm. I was only 16. So, I mean, having been able to, like, being told what to do finally, yes, it made me mad. But at the same time, it made me happy because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I got parents now who want to help me out. Mm-hmm. So A lot of parents. A lot. <laughs> way too many. Um, I wouldn't hardly say parent, more like an aunt. Cool older sister. <laughs> A big sister. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Speaking of adults you had in your life, you were given a wonderful mentor. Yes, I was. Do you want to tell us about her? Every student in SRN is given Correct. their own mentor. Mm-hmm. So this was yours that mm-hmm. we're starting right now. I remember. Ms. Vicky said, I have the perfect person for you. You're going to meet her on this day. Be at home at this time. I was really nervous. I was like, okay, bet. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go in there. She sat us down in the office and we just kind of talked. Angie is my mentor. She is amazing she helps me out with literally everything she still keeps in contact with me we call each other like all the time i actually just seen her like i think like last week or something mm-hmm. she's also like a mother figure so i got two moms miss vicky and her and so like she just takes care of me like she listens to me she understands me and she supports the fact about me being gay like she is a hundred percent with it like we went to the mall one time and it was like pride month they had these shirts at hollister and they were like for like pride month and we left the store and she was like you know what let's go back and get them and we went back and she even got one and mm-hmm. so i got one too and then she put funny. it on and her husband sent me the picture of her in it and i was like this is amazing and That's i just beautiful. i love her a lot did you guys do any activities together that you remember we went to the Holocaust Museum mm-hmm. and St. Pete. So one day she just was like, okay, we're going to go to the Holocaust Museum and we're going to go and look at everything. So we did. And that was probably one of the best memories I ever have with her. Why because is that something you're interested in? Something about like World War II and like everything in that just really intrigues me. Like when I took the test, I got the highest grade on it because like I actually take the time and I study. I read that stuff for fun. Mm-hmm. Like I will sit on at home and just read it. Well, I, I love that because... That like defies what I think most people would imagine a homeless youth is doing. Mm-hmm. Like you're interested in World, World, World War II and the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but like it just intrigues me. And then when I went to Washington, I went to the Holocaust Museum and everything. It like it doesn't make me it doesn't make me cry. I'm not going to say it doesn't make me sad because it does. But it doesn't make me cry because I'm trying to learn like mm-hmm. more about it. Like I know like everything. Like I'm really into that. So Are she knew that. you that kind of stuff in college? No, but I want to. But they don't have like a... Uh, Holocaust class. Do you like history in general? Not history, just World War II. Interesting. Okay. And I like, World War One is also, I'm into that one too, but I know more about World War II than anything. What are you doing now? I'm in college. I go to uh, St. Leo University. Whoop, whoop. Shout out. The Lions. Rur. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what year are you in? Uh, I'm going to go into my sophomore year. 
Do you like it? Uh, for the most part, yeah. A college isn't as hard as what everyone made it seem. I mean, I really like the really? college life, yeah. Okay, now I have to tell you. Just a year ago, around this <laughs> no, time, no, don't do we it. were going to see Taylor Swift, okay? Okay. And Asia had to leave a little bit early, and so her and I leave the stadium. We're walking together, and she looks at me, tears in her eyes, and she goes, Dom, I can't leave. And I'm like, well, why can't you leave? You're leaving in two days. She's like, I just can't go. I need to stay here with you guys. I won't do well. I won't be successful. I just have to stay. I'm just going to go to school in the area. And her and I have this long, heartfelt conversation about how college actually is this beautiful place to find yourself. And she was so sure that she was not going to make it through. And now college is a breeze. Yeah, in my defense, <laughs> <laughs> I personally was just scared of change. Like, because like St. Leo is pretty much in its own little island. So mm-hmm. I felt like I was never going to be like around anyone. But like come to find out, I was only 30 minutes from home. So it's like the drive was nothing. So I was scared, but then I got into partying and like doing my academics and all this other stuff. And it was pretty fun. I think having fun is important. I mean, when she tells that story, thinking about how nervous you are, which by the way, is a natural reaction. I definitely felt that way when I was leaving for school. Like when she says that, do you think about that and feel differently? Yeah, most definitely. Because now when I think about going back to college, like on Sunday, I'm like, oh my gosh, I honestly can't wait like to um, get back into school. Because like, I guess when you go to classes, it feels different as compared to like middle school or high school. Mm Because like you don't have like the changing of like seven classes a day or anything. It's pretty much like you got two or three classes, then you're done with the rest of the day. And you can take naps in between. You can go (laughs) to the calf. You can't eat. You can play with friends for like an hour, then go to class, play Fortnite. This is like kindergarten, basically. Pretty much. Preschool. Are you sure you're in the right place? (laughs) All I can say is like that first night when I stayed like uh, when I was back on like when I was on campus Mm -hmm. I just felt this sense of freedom I was like oh my gosh it's 12 o'clock I don't have a curfew why am I out I'm gonna get in trouble Dom's gonna call me in a little (laughs) bit she Miss Vicky's gonna be like why aren't you home and like but okay because in the starter right now house you have curfew yes and so being at school you were like wait a minute I actually don't have to be in my bed Mm -hmm. at midnight on Saturday night yeah so then I got the hang of getting into bed at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) Getting up for class seven hours later. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) No, we won't. (laughs) No. And so what are you going to do once you graduate from college? I'm going to be in the Air Force. Nice. Yes. What do you want to do in the Air Force? I was talking with my aunt who was in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and uh, she, like, I don't know, I, I might want to be a off, like a, um, a, a security person in the Air Force, mm-hmm. or I might want to do something with computers. I'm really decided 100% what I want to do, or I might learn how to fly planes. Those are my three, my top three things right now. Do you want to share what you're most proud of right now in your life? I, I mean, being the first of my family to be in college and still continue to, continuing to want to go mm-hmm. and, like, wanting to finish. That's, that's a, a huge thing to be proud of. Yeah. Yes. That's the one thing, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. And your GPA right now is incredible, What you can brag about. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to keep it, like, good. Cause <laughs> well, that's I why I'm to. like, when she was talking about partying, I'm mm-hmm. like, it's, if you get everything done, go I have mean, a good time. Yeah. What You had a 3.6. 3.7, basically. Oh, sorry. My bad. No, you're good. Don't forget about the point one. <laughs> and also, you're playing basketball? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. At, in college. Someday she can party. <laughs> yeah. Why not every day? But you guys have to be I home mean, as long at 9 Oh, no. We can't do that. Do you have any advice for a teen who may be going through what you went through in your life? My one thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to reach out to someone that you trust. If someone's willing to, is asking and trying to help you, don't be like me and deny it at first. Just say yes at the beginning. Mm. Do you, what do you think is like the ultimate goal of starting right now? To help kids who are like, 
homeless or unaccompanied or whatever it is and being able to like show them the bigger picture that they no matter where you are in your life right now you have a future mm. and like you can change what like you can your past doesn't have to define your future you can simply get up now get help from starting right now and they can like show you the way when you're in the situation that you were in before starting right now it, there's no future i didn't see one you didn't see and one. i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't i didn't even think like oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna be in college i just i used to tell myself i don't want to go but here i am well, I would imagine you as are. you're trying to figure out what you're going to eat in the next day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have more important things yeah, to worry about there's than no time for the college, future. my God. Mm-hmm. But I've never really thought about it that way. That's like, yeah, there is no future. It does not sound good. No, it wasn't. It was dark time, dark places. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying because, like, I hope that one of the things we're giving students in the program is hope. The idea that your behavior and choices matter and you have control over the decision you make for your life. Mm-hmm. Because before starting right now, a lot of times that is not the case. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have choice or agency. It doesn't seem like or there really are not ways in which you can change your circumstances because you're a youth Mm -hmm. alone. Mm -hmm. And hopefully starting right now gives you choices. Yes, it does. When for you, you talked earlier about not having confidence or like high Mm self-esteem. And for me, um, through your own actions, as you described, you took a chance on yourself and decided to help rebuild your confidence because it's not us putting these things onto you. You mm-hmm. took a chance and decided, I am going to step up and have the confidence that I want and have the self-esteem I want and achieve the goals that I know I can achieve. Yes. And you did that. Yeah. My self-esteem is out the roof now. Like, it's We great. know. Because- <laughs> <laughs> is there well, anything else you want to say that we didn't ask you? I don't think so. I mean, just keep doing what you guys do and helping <laughs> kids out because okay. you change my life, you can change many others. I hope Thank so. You. If you are a high school student in Tampa Bay and do not have a stable home or you know someone in this situation, please contact your social worker about starting right now. This broadcast is brought to you by Humana Foundation, Hillsborough Education Foundation, and WEDU. If you are listening and want to donate a service or funding, please contact info at startingrightnow.org. Thank you.